people are um, are frustrated and are not shy <laughs> about expressing their frustration in a way that is, um, I think, is new to me as somebody who has worked um, on the council in some capacity for 26 years. Well, that's council member Lisa Herbold right there explaining to me a few weeks ago just how difficult it has been to serve on the Seattle City Council and why she is not running again. But guess what? A lot of people actually want that job and the six other seats that are up for election on the Seattle City Council. Who are they? What does the rumor mill hold for us? Well, we had a patron of the show, Brian, asking that question. So I'm breaking it down on a very special patron's first edition of Seattle News, Views and Brews. Brian Callanan here with you. I'm a host on Seattle Channel. The views expressed here are mine all mine. And joining me, I have a very special guest. It's Hannah Krieg of The Stranger newspaper who covers the city beat. Hannah, what's up? Good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. And folks, I should let you know that Hannah and I are actually Twitter pals. Like we actually exchange positive messages on Twitter, which, Hannah, I got to say, that's kind of a rarity in today's world. And I really appreciate you throwing some good content out there and hit me back every now and then, too. Oh, my God. You're one of my favorite oomphies. Nah, I'm going to have to write that down. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. And you're the coolest. Thanks for making this work. All right. We're going to break down some of these races. We're also working on another question from our patrons about the response to homelessness in Seattle. Another patron of the show, Eric, had some questions about that. So let's fire up the mailbag and make it all happen here. Getting the party started with right here, right now. All right. Well, Hannah, I guess we should just go in numerical order here. Uh, District 1, I just mentioned off the top of the show, the council member Lisa Herbold will not be running again after two terms there. What do you got? Who are you hearing about in District 1 in that West Seattle area? Yeah. So far, we have two people who've actually filed. Um, Preston Anderson filed to run. He ran for Pierce County Council two years ago, um, and he's Mm -hmm. pretty new to the district I've seen some Facebook screenshots that show he's very Pierce County. So that will be. What does that mean? What does that mean? (laughs) I have this Facebook screenshot that says, I'm convinced the last great generation in America was born in the 1930s, the decade then and before when my, yeah, just like. (laughs) uh, I think I got you. I got you. Okay. 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 Um, and, and then, then you were also, saying also, uh, Annalisa Lafayette is the other person, a uh, small business owner. I saw that she had filed with uh, ethics and elections, too. Right. She had some news article in Vachon about defending some like nude art, which was kind of fun. Um, OK, <laughs> love it. And then there's been rumors about Rob Saka that kind of started mm-hmm. um, when that story came out about Bruce Harrell kind of talking ish with the cops about the council. Um, he was sort of grooming that candidate to, at that time, replace Lisa Herbold, but now that seat's right. open. Um, right, also, right. when we're looking at like council elections, it's always good to look at um, who, for open seats, whose like, legislative assistants are in those mm-hmm. districts. So, right. for example, like Malik Davis is Peterson staffer. He no mm-hmm. longer has a job starting next right. year. Good point. And That's a good point, because Alex Peterson isn't going to be running either. Keep going. Yeah. Right. And so he lives in District 1, and so that's just another name that I've heard pretty speculatively. But that legislative assistant to Councilmember Pipeline um, is very real in Seattle. So right. Yeah. No, you think about it. Lisa Herbold, she was a legislative assistant. Dan Strauss, he was a legislative assistant. Mm-hmm. Peterson was too. So, yeah, there's a big connection there. It's an important one to bring up. So thank you for breaking mm-hmm. down those different names there, Hannah. What do we got 
for District 2 here. So I'm thinking that Tammy Morales is going to run again. We haven't heard that officially, but it does feel like she's settling in pretty well there. So let's put that on the back burner for a second. But who are we talking about potentially that uh, that might be running in District 2? Yeah, I saw Don Lucas had filed. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a Como story about her pretty concerned about accessibility on sidewalks. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then Isaiah... Uh, oh Willoughby, gosh. I saw that had filed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, don't know a lot of details on 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 these folks, but yeah, right. And then uh, we also heard kind of in the same time about Rob Saka. We heard about um, Chikundi Salisbury, who um, mm-hmm. so in, encouraged by Harold to, yeah. to try to jump in the race. Yeah, it sounds like right. And then yeah, Morales again. And I heard some rumblings about um, Tanya Wu, who. Mm-hmm. Um, was a part of that CID Night Watch, and she mm-hmm. also um, kind of led the charge on the protest against the Soto ex- Soto Service Hub expansion in mm-hmm. near CID. I did ask her about that, and she said she's been approached by some of her neighbors to run, but she didn't confirm. So we'll see um, hmm. how it turns out. Okay, that that's really interesting because you think about all the different political activity that has gone on around the ID over the past. Shoot, even a few months, you look at Sound Transit, you look at all the activity that was surrounding that expansion of that possible that possible expansion, that homeless shelter by King County around Soto and really near to Chinatown ID. So interesting to see where that political juice is going there. And Salisbury, just one other piece here. I know he was encouraged by Mayor Harold to think about running also an environmentalist, ran for the legislature against Kirsten Harris Talley back in 2020 for the 37th district. So some different names to think about there. And then let's move on to this next next district here, District 3. And Hannah, this is the one that so many people are focusing on because Shama Swan, this is her district. She is the longest tenured city council member right now. And can I ask that question first? Do you think she is going to run again? Is she not going to run again? I know she went through a pretty bruising recall process not too long ago. She's had a few health issues here and there. I, some thoughts about this. She's a she's a woman of mystery. I I have no idea. Mm-hmm. My crystal ball has not given me any clue besides what you've just said. Um, if she's going to run again, yeah. you know, yeah. why would you not run uh, when you have um, just beat that recall? Um, but also, why would you mm-hmm. run again? I could see it going either way. I would believe whatever yeah. I heard. I know, and never count her out. I was talking with David Croman of the Seattle Times earlier. I mean, there's been a lot of different races, including that race and the recall there. Well, a lot of people thought it was she was she was gone off the map there, but she very much rallied there. Although I should point out that in that recall election, she won by 200 some odd votes. So uh, that was a close election, and she wasn't running against anyone. So uh, let's consider some of these other people out there who might be running in District Three. We saw a relatively splashy announcement from Joy Hollingsworth uh, very recently here talking about this. She is connected to a a cannabis business, a family cannabis business there, LGBTQ, African-American, really trying to bring in that small business ethic maybe to this job. Joy Hollingsworth was an interesting idea to me too. Yeah. There's also going to be, um, it seems, an announcement from Andrew Ashiafu who ran for the 37th in 2022. He's already filed as like unspecified city council. I saw that. Yeah. With a little asterisk to it. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. the, um, the lines weren't completely drawn, I guess when he decided to run, but he is right. in district three. Okay. Um, okay. And he's a pretty compelling guy. He's on the Seattle LGBTQ commission. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the table. There's also, 
sort of this um, Rye Armstrong. They mm-hmm. um, they were living in New York for a time. They've recently moved back to Seattle. They're a homeowner in um, Capitol Hill. They joked about, um, they called themselves sugar and Sawant salt, which <laughs> I thought was so funny because people call salt a social alternative salt. And they didn't even know that. So I was like, wow, I just gave you such a good campaign. Um, nice, nice. Yeah. We'll see how that one See how the sugar and spices work out on that one. I have also heard the name of Alex Hudson from Transportation Choices through a few of my contacts here. So we'll see if that ends up happening in District 3, but not quite sure yet uh, how that's all going to fall. Can we move on to District 4 here? Because I don't know what it is with this seat, but I think about uh, Rob Johnson from a few years ago. He didn't even uh, get through a full term. He left after three years of it, that very first term of his. Then we're looking here at, at Alex Peterson, and this is the biggest surprise of the election season for me, uh, Hannah, looking at this. He pulled out, he's been that more moderate to conservative voice for the Seattle City Council, and I was surprised that he pulled back here, but he's not, not running again. And what does that leave behind here in District 4? Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people running into this district, especially now that it's an open seat and such right. a surprising open seat mm-hmm. that I imagine there'll be a lot of later announcements. We already sure. had... Um, UW grad student and DSA Democratic Socialists of America um, member Matthew Mitnick announced he's running. I think he's like 22. Um, yeah, young man. Yeah, don't confuse that DSA with the Downtown Seattle Association. Please keep going. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, different DSA. Um, different, different, different. Yeah. But he's kind of running on renters' issues and kind of stuff like that. I've also okay. heard um, Jerry Paulette who mm-hmm. sort of killed the missing middle housing bill in mm. the state house. And so that will mm-hmm. be definitely a different perspective from maybe yeah. Mitnick or other urbanist types who will yeah. housing types. I don't know if Mitnick could consider himself an urbanist, but housing yeah. type. Sure. Yeah. And I know Paulette just, I mean, just got reelected to the 46th district there. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that one. And I, I think we're still waiting for a few more names to, to filter through here. So we'll, we'll keep an eye out on that one. I did want to talk about District 5 because I think of all the different districts out there, this was the one that we knew uh, was going to be open for a number of different people going in. Deborah Juarez has made no bones about it over the past couple of years. I'm running for two terms, she says, and that's it. She's mentioned this over the past year or so. So let's talk about this. Where are we looking in D5? It's north part of Seattle with redistricting. I mean, it's it's definitely one of the biggest ones geographically in the city of Seattle. Let's talk about D5 and where we might be for candidates there. Yeah. I mean, I haven't heard much about D5, which is surprising because, as you said, we kind of knew this was going to happen. And right. It doesn't seem like we have an immediate successor jumping in. Mm-hmm. A couple months ago, people were throwing around um, Colleen Echohawk, who ran for mayor right. um, recently. Yep. I, I think that gossip's kind of stopped. I don't think she's going to run from what I've okay. been hearing. But, I mean, just spitballing another legislative assistant who Swan's legislative assistant, Adam. Zimkowski, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he lives in D5, so maybe if Sawant quits, he'll do that. Not okay. sure. All right. It's, it's good to take these moonshots sometimes. Uh, it's, it's interesting to see where, where they're going to land. I should point out that there are two people who have actually filed, according to Seattle Ethics and Elections here, Peter Kathine Wilson and 
Justin Simmons uh, have both filed up there. So still working to get some more information about those candidates. Uh, not a lot of dollars raised for, for anybody really here so far as we get into this. But this is really kind of where it gets exciting in terms of, you know, where we're going to see people come into this whole mix here. And then District 6, and di- let's go District 6 first. I haven't seen anybody file there, at least officially, and I don't know who's going to go up against Dan Strauss. I, there might be a, a Fremont person, though, out there. Is this the is this the Pete Hanning connection here for D6? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard Pete Hanning from some people. He hasn't filed yet, so we'll see if that rumor has any validity, but... Um, that would be someone who would be challenging Strauss from the right. The people, the lefties in D6 haven't given me any names. I just saw Nicole Gomez um, say something on Twitter like she's not running. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's almost like I walk up to people now, Hannah, and I, I just ask them straight up, are you running for Seattle City Council? Because I think everybody else in town is maybe even thinking about it. You, you, you got to try to cover these things. And, and then if I may, I'm going to move on to District 7 here with you and talk about Andrew Lewis, who we're just hearing here in the middle of January, officially announcing that he's going to be back in the race. But I'm not seeing anybody uh, matching up against him, at least so far. Are you hearing anything about District 7, which includes downtown, very much downtown, and no longer that big chunk of Magnolia here because of redistricting? But are you hearing anybody else in District 7? No, not even like a whisper of a rumor in District 7. Okay, okay, okay. Lewis seems to have really broad support um, Mm -hmm. from what you saw in the press release this morning. Everything from Pramila Jayapal to um, the Downtown Seattle Association. So that's a that's a broad, broad coalition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, we'll we'll have to see. That's going to be an interesting one. Of course, he the first time city council member. He's in his first term, one of the youngest on the city council. So that's something to consider, too. But. There are so many different questions about this. Hannah, I really appreciate you breaking all these different pieces down with me here, but I wanted to, if I could, move on to another question that we had from one of our viewers here and our listeners here. If you're watching, you're watching it on Converge. If you're listening, you're listening on the podcast. And thank you. We had a question from a patron asking about the response to homelessness homelessness in Seattle and in Portland as well. We're going to try to answer it on Now Hear This. So I got a message from patron Eric about homelessness I'm trying to answer. It goes like this. The area near Cal Anderson Park, he writes, is once again becoming a major center for homelessness. How is the plan Mayor Ted Wheeler in Portland rolled out to relocate all homeless to six supported camps near transit going? Is Seattle looking at a similar big idea to get the situation under control? Thank you, Eric, for that note. And a quick refresher course, everybody, on Portland. Mayor Ted Wheeler spoke about this a few months ago. He says he really wants to compel people to get into shelter. And he said someone who refuses to go to a designated shelter could face a citation. But then that citation could be erased if people agree to get some kind of assistance. Here's what the mayor said. Actually waive those citations in exchange for services such as mental health or substance abuse treatment services. That's the ultimate goal here. It's not to penalize people. It's not to criminalize people. We want to steer people towards the help they need. So, Eric, I actually reached out to Hannah's colleague down in Portland, Isabella Garcia, news editor for the Portland Mercury. Hannah, thanks for the hookup there. She is very, very cool. And uh, hit me back with uh, an email here noting that the Portland City Council approved this plan for $27 million in November. It's dedicated to building and operating three of these proposed camps fund new homeless outreach jobs and even paying a contractor to help set up a diversion program for homeless people who could be fined or jailed for sleeping outside under this ban that the Portland uh, city of Portland has been working on. 
Now, that money, in terms of what Isabella is telling me, is kind of seen as a down payment. It's unclear where the rest of the funding for the construction and maintenance of the camps will come from. No site locations have been proposed for these six camps. And while the city has worked with Urban Alchemy, a nonprofit here, to develop the plan, no official decision has been made on what organization will oversee and run the camp. Thank you, for, thank you very much for that, Isabella. So not much to show yet here in Portland, but Hannah, I just wanted to get some of your insight on this because I know you're talking with city leaders like Councilmember Lewis or Mayor Harrell about this too. Do you see Seattle considering a similar option to what Portland is working on, this whole idea of banning outdoor camping? It seems maybe not exactly where Seattle is right now, and I just wanted to get your touch on that. I think on the campaign trail, Bruce Harrell had made some um, comment about uh, people either being punished or held accountable or some kind of like consequence. Yeah. Having consequences for not um, accepting shelter referrals. My understanding is nothing's really happened with that. It doesn't, I've definitely been to sweeps where people haven't accepted um, shelter referrals or haven't been referred to anything at all. And there haven't been like, haven't been given a citation like they're talking about in Portland. So I don't think that's, I mean, I'm not saying it could never happen here because that, definitely could. Yeah. I mean, if they started doing that, we definitely don't have the shelter space for that to be like very ethical or considerate of to be real. People. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, I can, and let me jump in here if I could. It, it's just, it really seems like one of the big differences maybe is that we have a King County Regional Homelessness Authority that is set up here in this area that really is trying to take that, that broader regional effect here. And, and, and I think the most of the, the dollars and the work that Seattle is doing, and I'll put aside that partnership for zero peace, which I know involves a lot of philanthropy, et cetera, to deal with homelessness. But it seems like because that there is that larger agency with the regional homelessness authority, Seattle kind of acting alone as it were on an, on an activity like this doesn't seem that, um, that real to me, that, that authentic to me, that it, it doesn't seem like something that Seattle would necessarily pursue. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. I, I guess just, just in wrapping up uh, with, with this whole point here, in terms of how Seattle is going to be interacting with the Regional Homelessness Authority, cities like Seattle end up having to do the work of, you know, clearing people out, sweeps, whatever else. The Regional Homelessness Authority is trying to oversee all this business, but they certainly don't condone those sweeps. Do you see any clash any more than we have already in between the city of Seattle and the Regional Homelessness Authority? I, I think sometimes their goals appear to be the same, but the methods might be a little different. Any last thoughts about this in between the Seattle uh, city of Seattle and the RHA, just to wrap up this thought on homelessness? I mean, I know we saw some disconnect or some conflict between um, King County Regional Homelessness Authority and the mayor um, when he's um, in that leaked kind of conversation with SPD. But I, I agree that there are seems to be some kind of differences, um, especially when we're thinking about like our reliance on shelter um, versus like mm -hmm. really scaling up housing. Um, so I think we'll be seeing if we can introduce some kind of tax to really reach those billions of dollars we need to have to yeah. get the housing. I think that will be part of the King County Regional uh, Homelessness Authority's job. Right. And then, well, yeah. And then you think about what King County is considering with these different mental health facilities that they're working on mm -hmm. that is going to be on the ballot here pretty soon for voters in our area. So um, yeah, a ton happening there. And Eric, thanks once again for the question. Thanks also to Brian for that question about what's going on with all the different city council candidates. But Hannah, it's it's time to wrap it up here. Any any final thoughts here about, uh, I don't know, maybe something you're working on in the 
in the weeks ahead here. What what does the future hold for you? What's up? Uh, we're going to be really busy with <laughs> city council announcements and uh, covering the Hauser Neighbors election, I-135 for a public yep. development authority. So look for that in your mailbox. I can't wait. I can't wait. Hannah, you are the coolest. I just wanted to say thank you again for making this work. Hey, everybody, let's give Hannah a, a virtual round of applause if we can out there. Thank you so much for making this work. Ladies and gentlemen, Hannah Creek, one more time. All right. Well, thank you, Hannah, for making this happen with me. Thanks to everybody listening to Seattle News Views and Brews, where you can always find out what's brewing in local politics. Listen to us wherever you can on all the major platforms. It's on Patreon, too. We could really use your support there. And if you show your support for five bucks a month, you get a really cool sticker like this. And I am sending you a sticker. That's how cool you are. So it's just it's this is big time stuff here. Thank you for making this work. Thanks for watching on Converge Media, too, everybody. We'll see you next time. Seattle News, Views, and Brews is an independent production of Callanan Media Services. Copyright 2023.